Welcome to the Meaningful Success Podcast. My name is Josiah Clark, and this is my dad, Wade Clark. Dad. Dad. Well, you were supposed to say son Son. in an endearing way. There we go. There we go. If you hear dog-like adorable noises in the background at any point in this episode, that's because my dog, Emma, the German Shepherd, is in the recording studio with us right now. Recording studio, we call it. It's a corner of a bedroom. About three feet away. Yeah, right on the other side of the uh, makeshift curtain that we're using to block some sound. And she has been chasing her own tail quite a bit. If you want to see a picture of Emma, we'll have one in the YouTube version of this uh, episode. Also, on the note of visuals, father... Yes. We do want to have this be a video podcast at some point. That is because he wants to embarrass me visually. He he says things a lot of times that kind of confuse me or embarrass me a bit. So, Well, that's one reason, but also just so that everyone can see how damn handsome you are. Yeah, right. <laughs> Today, what we wanted to do is we wanted to kind of continue our discussion. Last time we talked about what this podcast is supposed to be about, but... What I thought we might do today is really just start with kind of the foundations. When we when we talk about success and what's meaningful success, I mean, there has to be some kind of foundation. There has to be some kind of basis by which we're defining this. Josiah, what are your thoughts on this? So you're asking what the foundation of success is, like what is it that even defines it? Or Yeah, I think that's what we want to talk about because I think it's defined by a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. And there is a specific perspective, at least I have, but there are some things that I think are, are foundational to success. So expanding on what I said last week, just purely as far as what is success based on, you know, we talked about it's something that's meaningful personally to you. It's not necessarily a destination. It's more of a lifestyle or a status which you want to achieve, not so much of a, oh, I want to be CEO as it is, you know, oh, I want to be someone that does this or have this kind of impact or whatever, like the status of that. Correct. And it's as much about the journey as it is about the destination or arrival. It is unique to each individual, but but what is it? I mean, how do you even go to the point of definition? And and for me, um, I look at that as the starting point of knowing success is is to know what your mission is. Meaning, what is what is the things that you want to invest your life in? The word mission comes across sometimes some plaque on the wall type of thing. But for me, it's really about what is most important to me, and where I'm going to invest myself, so that when when I look back on things that that I've done, they're things that really matter. When you think about it, what is your thoughts? About mission? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. For me, my brain works a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, it's harder for me to maintain a specific mantra like that. Maybe that's why I was emphasizing status earlier, because it's it's more about, for me, the mission is living a creative life where I make things that people love and, and that impact people, right? Well, and Which that is, is a mission. It, it is a mission, but it's less of something, I mean, I just did put it into words, but in the practical day-to-day, um, it's, Emma, where are you getting tangled up in the cords, baby? Come here. Come here, baby. So it's not something that's just... I don't think in those terms. Like, I don't. I don't think in the terms of, oh, I need to recenter myself. What is my mission? And then I recite it to myself or whatever, which I know is not exactly what you're saying. No. But there but there's a 
formal structure to it that for me, this it's the same principle, but it's more of a feeling. It's more of a, uh, a state of being out of which my thoughts flow rather than the other way around. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes that's where we get uh, muddied because we you, you hear the words mission and vision and strategy and all those things. And they're kind of tossed out altogether as one thing. When I look at it, I don't think of it as something that is restricting us. I don't think of it as something that is putting us in a box. More so, I do think that centering is probably the best word that you use there because it can take many shapes. Let's use for you, for example, been times that you um, have pursued video editing. You've had times that you've pursued writing, which you're doing right now. You've had times that you pursued acting. You've had times that you've done other things. And it always wrapped around a story. It always wrapped around... Telling stories. Telling stories. Now, took different forms. And so it's not like your mission had to be oh, I'm going to be a YouTuber or I'm going to be an author. The the success really, or the, the mission was really, I, I want to engage people in a, in a creative story. Yeah. So if you're not going through a process, kind of a formal process, what is your mental process as you go when you start thinking about, am I spending my time on things that actually matter to me? It's actually a source of a lot of anxiety at times because with something like writing, where it's all sort of coming from a singular source, which is you. Things like, you know, writer's block, which is a real thing, or burnout, because there's other things you have to do because it's not your writing, your creative effort is not the thing that pays the bills yet. Today. So when other things take priority, when other things eat up the energy, if not the time, that you could be spending working on writing. For me, it's the energy. I tend to get my energy eaten up by all of my work projects. And then I'm not, I don't really have anything left in me to work on the writing or, or whatever, even if I do have time. Yeah. When that happens, you either just force yourself to do it, which sometimes works, but most of the time, not, not so much. You end up going back and rewriting. Right. And there is a, there is something to be said for like, oh, the discipline of, you know, no matter what, rain or shine, snow or sleet, I'm going to write this many words and whatever. But if you take that into the real world, if you take that into outside the context of someone who does it professionally and therefore has, you know, that's where you get your money. Yeah. You know. It makes a difference. It does make a difference. So so there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of imposter syndrome in something like that where it's like, okay, well, this is what I want to do. I know that for a fact. And this is where I want to spend my time and, and this is what I want to succeed in. But when I'm not able to, for one reason or another, devote myself to it in that way, it can bring up feelings of guilt. I see. So there's another piece of this that's not just – well, what is the most important thing? Because what if you're in a situation where you can't devote yourself to the most important thing? What is the journey between now and that place look like? That's part of life. I think that you go through seasons. It's not like every day, okay, you've got this calendar and here's what I'm going to do. Okay, I plot out X amount of time for running, X amount of time for riding, X amount of time for this or that. I think it's I just don't think our lives work that way. But, you know, I, I guess, like you said, our brains work differently. Our, our thought process work differently. 
I'm somebody who has a tendency to gain a lot of interests. I mean, if I look over, you know, even as I grew up, I had, I was at time that I was really interested in riding bikes and another time weightlifting and another time fishing and another time, you know, woodworking. And I've always been involved with music. That's always been something that's been central to the things I do, but I kind of dive in. I dive in headlong. And I think that there's allowances for that, those those waves of energy and things. And then there's things that come up with our lives that we just don't have any choice. I mean, I, when I first got my job uh, out of college, I went into retail management and decided pretty quickly that that was really not what I wanted to do. But I got into that work and I wasn't in that job for three months and the company decided that they were going to relocate. And so for the next four or five months, we were working six days a week, you know, 12 hour days. And that was all life was. Well, and this this was during the Industrial Revolution, too. Well, you know, they didn't have it, we weren't quite there yet. They didn't have the labor laws in place to protect against well, something like that. <laughs> What I'm saying is, here I am straight out of college. I moved to a new town. I wanted yeah. to meet people. I wanted to go do things. I wanted to play music. I wanted to, there's just all kinds of stuff I want to do. And here I am working, you know, 12, 14 hour days yeah. for like three, four months straight. So when you're in one of those seasons, what is it that makes you not feel like a failure for not being able to pursue your success? Well, I think that that's where. First of all, for me, it goes back to centering on what's most important. And despite the pursuit of success, despite pursuing a dream, a goal, a vision, whatever those things are, there's just parts of how I want to live my life, how I want to treat other people, who I want to be. So in those times, I mean, you know, a lot of things get stripped away. You may not be able to do a lot of other things, but... The things that are the most important, I still do. So for me, it was my faith. And, you know, visited some places and churches or other things to meet people and that kind of stuff on the little bit of time I had. And I would play my guitar and I'd play music. So probably during that time, those two things were the things that still did not go away because, you know, even if it was just playing my guitar in the corner of the room, that was something that fed me. I guess what we're seeing is there's a difference between you know, your mission, the most important thing, and the practical realities of life. And so what is it that separates success and meaningful success and the pursuit of meaningful success from living a successful life with or without those things? Okay. Well, I, I think that it comes down to to this. When you're looking at a mission, I mean, I use the word mission, but mission is really even not step one. Step one is knowing what you value your values yeah. and what your beliefs are at the end of the day. Now, mission is nothing more than an extension of those values and say, okay, if these are the things that I hold true, that I think are most important, that I think are most impactful in life, a mission is, well, then how can I take those values and act them out in the world? However, that's taking it to the next step. So when, when you start, it's knowing what your values are. And what is important to you. So I guess what I just described earlier, I didn't think about it that way, but really what I went back to was the values. I took I took a step away from a vision. I wasn't focused on vision. I didn't have time for vision. Honestly, I didn't even really have time for my mission. But I did, you always have time to live out your values. You know, it kind of comes back to like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I mean, you're not going to be... Good old Maslow. Well, yeah. I mean, you're not going to be worrying about 
self-actualization and, you know, chasing dreams and visions when you don't have food to put on the table. You're going to be focusing on what's most important at that at that moment. But that's not where we live our lives. We don't live our lives, hopefully, in that one state of crisis. That's where we really get excited because that's when we start looking at what's ahead. Because what we've talked about mostly today is what if I can't take a step forward? Right. But at some point, you are going to take a step forward. So this is all stuff that you talk about in your book that's not out yet, Meaningful Success. Correct. Which is where this podcast even came from. Because at first we were like, oh, well, we're going to publish your book and what could we do to promote it? Oh, a podcast would be really good. Well, that sounds very self-serving, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, here's the thing. Here is a state of success you want to achieve, which is having your book get out there and, you know, sell ideally. Yeah. And so in order to make that happen, you go to, well, what's a strategy I can do to make that happen? The strategy is, well, we got to promote it somehow. What if we do it with a podcast? Now, this has expanded far, far beyond the scope of what that initial idea was, because at the time, at the time, it wasn't this father son thing. I wasn't even involved. It was just what if you did a couple podcasts, right? You know, honestly, I didn't realize it at the time, but this to some degree has become part of my mission. Um, Being on a podcast no, with no, your no, son. No, 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 not, well, anyways. My my mission is to always be on a podcast with my son. And his dog. My him. one and only son. <laughs> I have more than of one Of whom son. I only have one. Peter, you are my son as well, and I love you. <laughs> So, honestly, it kind of grew out of my personal pursuits that kind of dovetailed into or kind of morphed into what I was getting engaged in in my career. I mean, because I was working with a lot of companies and I'd be in discussions with business leaders about where are they going? What, you know, what is success to them? And I was absolutely flabbergasted because I found that even a lot of what you would consider successful business owners couldn't answer the question, what is success for your company? I just wanted to know what is the nature of success and what is it really? And I really came to the conclusion that it is very individual, Um, but there are essential elements that work together to point someone in the direction of achieving that success that they want to achieve. And that's really what the book is all about. So you'll be able to read a lot more about all of these things in that book when it finally releases, we're hoping by the end of this year. But I did want to bring that up because we touched on the fact that we're both writers and stuff like that, and that you've got a book. You actually have more than one book. Well, I I published a book on sales, um, Simplifying Complex Sales, and actually did some updates on that and re-released it. Yeah, totally new version. Yeah. So um, excited about that. Yeah, but but I just wanted to touch on that because, uh, you know, we talked about writing, but I think it's important that people know, well, what are we writing? You know? Yeah. You're doing a serial novel. Yeah. My novel is an ongoing web serial called Pinstripe, and it's uh, inspired by my love of manga and anime. And it's basically about business attire, giving people superpowers. And the only way to advance in the corporate world is to uh, physically defeat your superiors and take their jobs by force. And so... There's this guy named Nico, who is the main character, who his goal is to beat literally everyone and become the 
CEO, the business king of the entire world. And so that's the story. That's the premise. There's a bunch of characters and a bunch of things like that that go into it. But I know that was very special. The first time I got my superpower bow tie. I don't think I've even worn a bow tie except for on a tux. I can't really picture you in a bow tie. That would look pretty dorky. So that's that's my book. That's what I'm working on. And as we record this, I'm in the process of uh, finishing what will be the last chapter of the first volume that I publish. Uh, and then going back through doing kind of a second draft thing and releasing everything chapter by chapter. On my website, Pinstripe Shonen. Uh, that's Pinstripe, S-H-O-N-E-N. Dot com. I'm glad you spelled that because I can't spell as a writer. We've got you. We've we've got you. As your editor, it's you know, it's fine. <laughs> so has anything special jumped out this week? Is something that you would find as uh, your favorite for this week? I think what you're asking is, what's the weekly favorite? Oh, it's the weekly favorite. Well, my weekly favorite is a video game called Dinkum. Dinkum? Dinkum, D-I-N-K-U-M, that I've started playing the last few days. It's very chill, very fun. The premise is there's this island called Dinkum. It's this island that's kind of Australia-themed, and you go there and you build a, a little town. And you explore it and you build buildings and you craft things. And it's sort of this hybrid of um, Age of Empires and SimCity. Uh, not so simulational as that. It's more like Animal Crossing or Stardew Valley, okay. um, which I know you're probably not as familiar with. No. I think you'd really enjoy Stardew Valley, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, which Stardew Valley is is basically a very similar premise. There's quite a lot of games that have this premise where it's basically, oh, you're this person leaving big city life to go out and into the country and live out the fantasy of anyone younger than like 40 of being able to own your own property. They're very cute. They're very fun. They're very chill. You you plant your farm and you build your buildings and you do your stuff and it's you it's just one day at a time and you go through, you know, as many years of that as you want to. And so this one is called Dinkum. Just came out a couple of weeks ago, I think, something like that. And it's been uh, very well received as this little indie game and I've barely been enjoying it. That's great. Oh, you want mine? <laughs> that's great. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. Well, mine is a, is a TV show. It sounds like I watch TV all the time. I really don't, but it kind of feels like I do. My wife actually found this TV show on Netflix called The Extraordinary Attorney Woo. It's really good. It's, um, it kind of pulls you in. You do have to kind of read subtitles if you... If you don't uh, speak the language, it's uh, based in South Korea, and it is about an attorney who is on the autistic spectrum, who is brilliant, but is learning how to interact. It's it's really a good story. So is it like a drama? Um, is it like really serious? It has, no, it kind of, it will, it jumps back and forth. It, it, there's been parts that were kind of heartbreaking, some that have been funny. It's well done. It's pretty balanced. 
So another piece of news before we wrap it up for today, we have just launched our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash meaningful success podcast. And if you sign up on the Patreon, we have multiple tiers where you can get different perks. You'll be able to get access to ad free episodes, early episodes, behind the scenes content on occasion, as well as at one of the levels, a monthly bonus podcast where we discuss just anything really exclusive for people who support us on Patreon. So if you are interested in any of that or in supporting the show and helping us to, you know, for example, upgrade our equipment to be able to do a video podcast instead of just audio, that'd be awesome. You can check <laughs> it out again at patreon.com slash meaningful success podcast. Yeah. And honestly, one of the things right now, uh, as we're getting going, as, as we said last time, we're, we're learning as we go. And, uh, we're, we're wanting to make this as interactive as possible. So if you've got ideas or, th or thoughts that you want to share, um, is there a message board that they can send that to? Well, if you want to ask us a question that we can answer or discuss in a possible future episode, you can leave us a voicemail on speakpipe.com slash MSP. That's speakpipe.com slash MSP. And just leave us a short little, you know, like 20, 30 second long message with your question. And in the future, we may choose your question to discuss and answer on the show. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We hope that you're enjoying this. Uh, we are. And <laughs> share it with your friends. Uh, let others know because we're all on this journey together. The first episode so far has nine downloads. And I'm assuming that one or two of those is probably us. So I'm going to say that's maybe six or seven downloads so far, which not bad. No, not bad. So hopefully we'll just see those numbers grow, be able to impact more people, be able to get more questions and interact with more people. And this will be a nice uh, fatted calf uh, to to present, you know, at the at the at the feast with with what? I don't like calf. I don't want it to be a fatted calf. Just ignore him. I would say ignore him, but I don't know if I can. Okay, he's looking away. Um, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. This has been the Meaningful Success Podcast, episode two. That's my daddy, Wade. And I'm your sonny, Josiah. And we'll see you next time. See ya. The Meaningful Success Podcast is hosted by myself, Josiah Clark, and my father, Wade Clark. You can visit our website at www.meaningfulsuccesspodcast.com or check out our publisher's website, dreamparrot.com. The intro and outro music is Brings Back the Feeling by Daniel Gunnarsson, licensed through Epidemic Sound, and the jingle music is by Emma Bug, licensed through Fiverr. Check out our Patreon once again at patreon.com slash meaningful success podcast and we'll see you in the next one
Uh, Excuse you. 